All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Lee's Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. And away we go for another week of Leafs Morning Take. Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill with you. Believe it or not, it's now been over a month. Yes, over a month since the Leafs have lost a game in regulation back to the Hall of Fame game on November 11th. How are we feeling on this Monday, Rosie? No complaints here, buddy, in beautiful Banff, Alberta, and just sitting in the mountains enjoying the wins that this team has been racking up. It's been a, it's been a good weekend, man. How about you? Do they, do they even have cable out in the mountains? Oh my God, buddy. You need to get out from the east over there in the smog and let your lungs breathe a little bit of actual air for a minute. Jesus. East Coast buys for sure. So a 14 game point streak here for the Maple Leafs. 22 in a row for Mitch Marner. No doubt we'll address that as we move forward in this three game week for the Maple Leafs. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us a review wherever you're checking us out. And don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest happening here on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, concerns, or questions, drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube, and we'll get to it later on. Now, before we get going, did you ever know continuation was a thing in the NHL until Saturday, Rosie? As far as what continuation is, some weird new stat that I don't know about or care about? No, the the Hannafin goal. Like, we texted about this last night. You wanted to talk about it. (laughs) 
Oh, oh, okay, good. Yeah, I didn't even know what yeah, they called it, man. I'm like, yeah. I don't even understand what they were talking. I'm, I'm, I was like, guarantee, guarantee that's not a goal. My wife and kids were just watching. They're like, oh, no, the whistle went. I'm like, yeah, good thing, though, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, that's a good goal. And I'm just yelling like, I just don't know what to expect anymore with. There's been quite a few of these, of these goals that, I don't know if it's goalie interference or not. There's quite a few gray areas and it's almost like they're introducing new ones where everyone watching who's been watching hockey their whole life is like, oh, well, that's obviously under this rule or that rule. And all of a sudden the refs are like, yeah, there's this thing or going on that we're going to call today. And I'm just like baffled, but I don't know. You got to think those guys know more than we do at home, but I just don't, I just always, even I remember back in the day when the ref, when the the puck would go over the line and the ref would be like, no, I was in the process of getting the whistle to my mouth. So I know the puck went in a little bit before the whistle, but it should have been blown right when I lost vision of it or whatever the case is. And that one gets called back yet. Not this one. So maybe you can enlighten me because I don't have a clue what's going on anymore. Yeah, they called a continuation on the play. All I could think about was the NBA when they call a foul like 16 seconds after the fact and they count the basket and that's continuation to me. And now we saw it in the NHL, like the Hannafingal, like just the fact that it was way after the whistle, they still counted it. And like you, like I've been covering this league for 12 years. Hell, you played in this league and I still don't know some of the rules. Like I I was watching, I think, a Ducks game a couple weeks back. Did you know a goalie can't throw the puck? Like I think that's what John Gibson was called for a couple weeks ago in overtime he tried to throw the puck up to a teammate with his glove and he got flagged for it i didn't even know that was a fucking rule yeah i mean i don't i didn't know that was a rule what what about when you get catch the puck and just dump it to him does it have to be kind of one of those just just open your your glove and let yeah. it drop and you can't have a swinging motion with the hand or something like these things i don't know i feel bad for refs because they're kind of obviously supposed to get everything right but there's stuff i don't even know about and like you said we've been around this game a long time it's it's weird this stuff keeps coming up but nonetheless that's why at the end of the game when they were bitching about you know the power plays and stuff i was literally like you got a freebie goal like a freebie so maybe just chill out on the on the rest of it oh don't worry we'll get to daryl sutter in a couple moments from now but for now we're gonna get over the boards All right, so feeling great in Leafsland. It's so great doing these shows every day because this team just does not lose in regulation. A 14-game point streak, 11-0-1-3. Again, they haven't lost in regulation in now over a month. November 11th is the last time that Casey the Smith game, the Hall of Fame game against Pittsburgh. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Marner? Or do you want to start with Willie Nylander? Have yourself a five-point night, Billy. Take your pick. Take your pick. Like I said in one of the three hits, man, it just doesn't matter who's going because there's layers behind whoever you're talking about that can pick up the slack or catch fire. If it's not Matthews, if it's not Marner, then it's Nylander, then it's Tavares. They got layers on this thing. And if that's not happened, they're getting chip in with secondary scoring, man. So I uh <laughs> I don't know, dude. Like I'm sorry, but this team just looks really deep. And again, that was probably the tightest game we have seen in a little while where they get down, they get behind, they get two goals scored on them in a row. Um, they get a bad break with one of the calls, not the not the penalty calls. They had lots of, I guess you'd call it breaks or undisciplined play in their favor from the Flames, and they got some power plays. But it was kind of a nail-biter, and it was a good hockey game. And And again, you know, like when they need it, they show up Nylander with five points. Like who gets five points in a tight game like that, where 
it's one that, you know, lots is on the line and for a regular season game, you could drop one and, and be pretty upset. And he just shows up and says, now nah, take control of this game. Now it's, it's impressive, man. And, and there's, you just throw a dart at the, at the wall and take your pick on what it lands on to talk about with this team, man. But yeah, it's, it's awesome, man. They're fucking kicking ass right now. And, and it's, you know, what impresses you the most, take your pick. So firstly, I know I got some heat on social media for wondering what that contract extension and negotiation will look like for Nylander in the offseason. Because again, rightfully so, all the conversation is about Austin Matthews. But do not forget, Willie Nylander will also be one year away from UFA status. And if this continues, and this being a 45-goal pace, that's going to be a really, really difficult negotiation. But to answer your question, the thing that impressed me the most about that game is that they still found a way despite Matt Murray not having his A game. I think he'd be the first to admit he was not good. He was coming off a shutout. And I think, honestly, Rosie, the Leafs returned the favor. So he was the only, the big reason, I should say, the win in Dallas. And they returned the favor because, you know, in recent years, it would be demoralizing when a goalie lets a couple of stinkers in the way Murray did on Saturday. But they picked themselves up, they kept going, and they responded time after time. I was really, really impressed. I won't lie. Yeah, that's yeah, it's good to hear from you being a strong critic and you've seen, you know, the ups and downs and um, you have yet to get too excited about this team. But to my point, when something's not going right, there's just something behind it to catch it, whether this, it's the defense standing up big time or the forwards, you know, really chipping in the D zone and, and carrying, you know, the team through some tough injuries or whatever, or it's been one of the goalies you know, saving the game for him or stealing one or being a big part of it. And like you said, this game, you know, Murray, it wasn't his best. Um, I don't think with Murray or Samsonov, I have, I have said before, they have not shown a big weakness. They haven't had a stinker game and I'm not even calling it a stinker game, but a couple he wanted back there, Murray. And, and there's the team to pick him up and, uh, and get it done for him. And, and they're, they're yin and yang and for each other, man. And that's what good teams do. That's what you need to do throughout a season. And it has been impressive, man. And yeah, Murray wasn't on his best, but he has been solid all year. And I think that, you know, you need that with a, with a hockey team that's going to go deep. You need to be able to, not every guy, not every goalie, not every line, not every power play, not every group of decor is going to have their best stuff every single night. And when you don't, if you have enough behind you to, to carry and pick up the slack and still get points and get a win, you know, that's what those deep teams are that just can't, you know, seem to do anything but win. And that's where the Maple Leafs are finding themselves right now. And it just continues to be proven. It's not a flash in the pan thing. I mean, we're on a 14 game point streak. That doesn't happen all the time. And that's the crazy thing too, is that they're 18, five and six. And I don't even think the offense has found its way just yet. Right. Like that hasn't been the story to me in this early season. It's been more so defense and specifically what they did in the month of October. And if you really start to get cooking offensively, the sky is the limit for where this team can go. Certainly here in the regular season, maybe even contend to compete for a president's trophy. Although Boston doesn't lose very often. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights last night, but Toronto did gain a couple of points, certainly with that loss to Arizona that wagon coyote squad on Friday. Uh, so what do you think of this new OT strategy? So they, they elected to start Kampf, Sandine and Lilligren, and they drew a penalty three seconds into OT Rosie. How about that? I almost wish they didn't. Cause I wanted to see how they were out there. I mean, yeah. I think it's kind of a direct, uh, you know, we are doing something different. Like it seems like, you know, 
Keith must be as frustrated as we are watching overtime going, how in the hell is our record in overtime this bad with these types of players? And what do I mean by these types of players? I mean, they're the most offensively gifted guys in the NHL and they've got a handful of them on that roster. And Keith says no more, man. You guys have been going to offense and we're getting, you know, we'll, we'll win the draw and we'll get first possession. It's kind of like a coin flip yeah. in the NFL. Like who gets first possession is pretty huge. You're, you're going to get a crack at it, you know, and with three guys on the ice and all that room with a bunch of firepower, you're thinking score on this possession and the Leafs have been caught too many times with possession you go down and you know if you don't score on your first thing you're like "Uh oh we forgot about the other end and down they go on a three-on-one I guess Keith has seen enough and I wanted to see you know those two D-man and camp for my boy that he's probably the most solid defensive guy I wanted to see hey let's see what these guys can do I felt good about it seeing them on the on the faceoff dot going okay well at least we're not going to get scored on here in the first shift yeah, but, the, you know, the strategy was so intriguing because let's say Calgary gets possession, they score, then obviously the critics are going to be there. And like, how do you not have Matthews? How do you not have Nylander, the red hot Mitch Marner, Tavares on the ice? Like, it really is a fascinating conversation. I know it worked out. I can't remember the last time somebody took a, a penalty that quick off a face-off to start overtime. Like, Huberto goes to the box instantaneously. Like, he didn't even take the draw, it seemed like. And I think it worked out in favor, but I'm very, very curious on top of that what they do next time around. Like, do you go back to the well, even though we saw it for three seconds here, Rosie, you sort of have to, right? Ah, uh, well, see, depends what's going on out there. Maybe yeah. he kind of rattled the cage enough by having those guys sit on the bench and be like, wow, he's serious. He's seen enough of our overtime <laughs> bullshit. Like, I mean, if they did score on them, it, I, that's the thing. I don't think they would score on them because those guys were going to be shutting it down and keeping everything to the outside. And, you know, maybe that first shift gets down, they get off the ice and then you get those big boys out there. But uh, I mean, all, all you do know is when you do put those big boys out in the last this whole year, they get scored on. So why not change it up? If they did, they'd be like, well, you know, I guess we're just bad at overtime. But you had to change something, man. They have been abysmal in overtime. And and I think it was just kind of more of a, a change it up, rattle the cage a little bit. Hey, you guys aren't going to be out there because you haven't proven yourselves in overtime. And kind of a reality check for those big boys. Yeah, they're rolling. Yeah, everyone's on their streak. But you in this specific situation, three on three, those guys have not been getting it done this year. So you you miss your time on there to start at least. So I didn't mind it at all. Why go back to beating your head against the wall, putting the same thing out there again and losing another one? And then it's like, well, are you going to do anything different or just give these guys yeah. free reign on the power play? So you're saying it's a game by game feel then, right? I think so. I, I don't know what he's going to do next. Um, will he go that hardcore with two D men and camper? I, I kind of feel like he'll, he'll do like a, I don't know, maybe he'll put Nylander out there with those D men, maybe mix it up a little yeah. bit more. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I'm excited for the next overtime though. Defying logic. That is for sure. Which brings us to the uh, main plate of today's show. Daryl Sutter's comments, your boy. So Toronto went three for six on the power play on Saturday. Let's hear what uh, Sutter had to say post game first and foremost. Well, that's one thing I learned a long time ago, Eric. When you're in the in Chicago all those years, when you play and you come into Toronto, you know what goes on. I won't say nothing more. So Rosie, let me ask you this: Was he talking about King Street West? What goes on after the game with the boys? <laughs> Yeah, he was talking about all the mayhem down on uh, downtown <laughs> after the game that he's not allowed to be involved in anymore. 
No, I'm surprised, so think- man. <clears throat> yeah, he must like to me. That is him being uber bloody frustrated. Like that's him being really frustrated for a guy that stays really even keel and doesn't usually, um, you know, do anything but call the most obvious things and blame his own players. And it is what it is. And hey, we got to be better. You know, to to f- he pretty much just said that the league is biased towards the Toronto Maple Leafs, where. You know, people who f- who are in love with the Leafs and follow them, they've got plenty to bitch about, about getting screwed over or bad calls or bad breaks or bad this or bad that. But I don't know. That's just I'm just surprised that a guy of his caliber is going to do that and cause that many waves. Like, let's be honest here. Those you're, you're high sticking guys in the face and stuff. I mean, it wasn't like there were these weak ass little hooking penalties that didn't do anything. I mean, those happen in every game for every team and to to call it the league for being biased towards the Leafs is I just don't buy it, man. I think they broke it down on the podcast and every panel to a, to a guy was like, yeah, I don't know about that take, man. Like those are pretty obvious penalties to me. So I was surprised to hear it. What do you think about him? That was a big statement to me. Yeah. It's, it's always the same shit. Every time somebody rolls through Toronto, they don't get their way. Um, I, maybe your goaltending needs to be better, right? Like that was a big story for me is like Dan Vidar was not good enough to win that game and Toronto just too powerful offensively. Yeah. I'm always careful to take anything Daryl Sutter says with a grain of salt. Cause it's always calculated, you know, being in that area in Alberta that like this guy's calculated. He's a future hall of famer. He's won before he knows what he's doing. And I do think maybe it was the art of deflection where everybody's talking about the penalties and, and all that instead of Calgary losing another game and really, really struggling to find their identity so far in this season, because you look at the numbers, he just comes out there with no statistical output to, to, to back it up. The Leafs ranked 28th in power, power play opportunities since 1617. Now, granted you look at the numbers this year, I believe they're in the top 12, top 11 in terms of power plays, um, and it, it'll help when you get six on Saturday, but like, I don't watch the games to suggest that the Leafs are always on the power play. Like I honestly, it feels like the, the opposite. And again, the numbers will back that up where they don't seem to get the benefit of the doubt on a nightly basis. But I, I think this is more calculated than that. I think you're so bang on. It was frustration on Sutter's part. No. Yeah. I mean, we'll look at the night before they took what six, seven penalties in Columbus the night before. So what happened there? And if you want to crunch the numbers is Toronto number one, two, three in power plays every single year in and out. Well, then you got a reason to, to put your hand up and say, Hey, it seems like this team's getting some, some calls. It's not even close to that. So it's just totally unbiased comments. And man, if he's going that deep with, I'm going to, I'm going to go pull this out in the media and deflect the attention away from our team. Holy shit. He's, he's doing some big puppet master in there. I think he was just frustrated and said, same old bullshit. Like he's just pissed off, like going into Toronto and we get a bunch of, you know, we're killing penalties all night. Well, you were the night before in Columbus. And I mean, when you're a really good team, like the Toronto Maple Leafs are, and you're flying and you're winning everything, you're going to get some power plays because the guys are going to be stretching, you know, the line on what's allowed and what's not trying to stop these big boys from, from filling their net. And when you do that, you're going to, you're going to get your stick on a guy. You're going to get it up when a guy beats you. You're going to be reaching a little bit. You're going to trip a guy up and you're going to take a few penalties. And the, the flames are obviously being a little bit undisciplined right now. I, I just surprised he said it. Maybe he's doing the old mind games trying to, you know, it just yeah. doesn't seem like Sire to, to protect his team from getting freaking. He would be the one to say, yeah, let's light our team up. We're not good enough right now. He's usually that cut and dry. So let me ask you this. 
Do players care what coaches say in the media, whether it's officiating or whether they, you know, they, they jump on a guy like very Tortorella, like do players care that much about that stuff? Not really. Cause you don't really hear it except if you're on your own, like after that game, you're in the dressing room, you're getting your work done on your body. You're getting your, your recovery stuff in your cold tub and you're doing your thing. The trainers are running around like crazy. They got to get to the plane. Uh, the food's coming, the, this and the, that you're all doing your stuff. And you know, the coach pops out, does his media thing. You get on the plane, you're gone. And then the next day at practice or skate or whatever you might hear, like, Oh yeah. Sutter said this or whatever. And then he'll come and address the team. And it's kind of like what happens outside of the room is like maybe grain of salt stuff or you heard he said it, or if he calls one guy out specifically, they might kind of have a quick meeting on the side, but it's not really like the whole team isn't like, Oh man, Sutter said this. Cause Sutter says a hell of a lot more than that. That's a one sound bite clip that the media is going to take and the yeah. fans are going to have on replay what the team is actually hearing from Sutter's mouth is tenfold that and they're focused on all kinds of other things. So not really, but if it's something big like that, the players might hear it. If it's specific to the team or a player. Yeah. But other than that, it's, it's not on the waves like it is on the outside of that locker room. Were you a guy who paid attention to anything coming out of the media? Like, I I think it's fair to proclaim that some guys do pay attention. Some others don't. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And some guys just follow the league. Like I didn't have Twitter or anything when I played. Um, I didn't have much to worry about. I was just worried about myself. My hands were pretty full there. So not watching a lot, but I'd watch the highlights. I'd watch sports center. I'd watch, you know, Leafs TV, what's going on with these people just for fun. And um, some guys probably wouldn't, especially if they're, you know, the superstars of the team or if they're in a slump or if they're not doing good enough, you probably stay away. It's just extra negativity. You don't need, but um, yeah, I think it's up in the air as far as who likes to follow. Some guys just follow absolutely every team in the NHL and are focused on every little detail going on. And they just follow it like crazy. Other guys stay away. I think it's personal choice, but uh, if you're struggling and you're a star and there's pressure on you, I don't think you're watching a whole lot of uh, media at the time. I think it's unavoidable in 2022, honestly. And that's just me not really knowing much about the topic, but the fact that it's 2022, there's so much accessibility with Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Like you're bound to see something, you're bound to see a quote, you're bound to see a clip, but that's just the way I see it. I know it was maybe a much simpler times when you played in the NHL. I've just always been so curious about that. But without further ado, the wrap up is brought to you by our friends at Points Bet Canada. 
Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm feeling pretty decent about today's play, Rosie. I'm going to take the over six and a half, the Wild hosting the Edmonton Oilers. i got a couple statistics to back this up for you. The first being back on Friday, Edmonton beat Minnesota 5-2 in Edmonton, so the over hit in that game. Then furthermore, back on December 1st, Minnesota won 5-3 in Minnesota. So yes, again, the over hit in that game. And then on top of that, it has been a strategy for me all season long to attack the over in wild home games. It's hit in 10 of 14 games and four in a row. So that's 71%. Naturally, the under will hit tonight, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done your homework, so you can't uh, blame me on that by any stretch. And yeah. when you got Kanzai McHazus out there, I mean, anything is possible. That guy could have a five-point night anytime <laughs> he decides to turn it on. So um, I don't mind it, man. You have been you have been good. Uh, you've been on fire. You've yeah. been hitting the Mitch Marner streaks. You've been hitting lots of things. So I like a good overplay. And let's, uh, you know, guys are uh, thinking about Christmas. Maybe they get a small break coming up here. Maybe... You know, some guys are sleeping and some nets get filled tonight. So points bet Canada. I like it over. Let's go. I love the promo there. Holy shit. I've been on fire. I won't lie. And let's remember this one. I'm really, really ice cold. But on the weekend, I had a John Tavares anytime assist. And I had Nazem Kadri over half a point that hit on that snipe. Uh, so feeling good about my betting right now. Hopefully we, uh, we start off hot this week. And again, I like the over six and a half Minnesota and the Edmonton Oilers. So we, uh, we get set for another busy week here for the Maple Leafs. They're uh, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, they're home to the Anaheim Ducks where on paper, it looks like a favorable opponent, but they better be ready to play this one. Yeah, another one of those uh, revenge games from that road trip that no one can stop yes. talking about from back in uh, October. I, I love that. Like, it's just like, yeah, but October. Yeah, but October. Yeah, but it's like they well, had a bad me. week. That's, that's me. Yeah, <laughs> it's everybody, man. That's all they're talking about. But <laughs> it, they had a bad week. They had a bad week back in October and no one can let it go. Pretty typical. But uh, it's looking like a lot different team here right now. And um, I like it because <clears throat> instead of going in and having those sleeper games, I love what happened in October. They're not going to take these guys yeah. lightly. They didn't take the Kings lightly. And they've they're facing these teams again. And it's like, hey. We have lost to these guys. Everyone in this room has lost to these guys. So we better figure it out. And it kind of keeps you on board where, I mean, honestly, the biggest problem right now for the Leafs is probably complacency and keeping, you know, the hammer down and not letting up and not dropping this thing. And it's hard because it's a, it's a balancing act when you're up there and you haven't lost in a long time. You just think that things are going to happen easy and you can drop a bit of a stinker, but they've already done that and they know what that feels like. And they can be reminded of that ducks game from a, a little while back. So I don't know, man. I, I, I hope they got their heads uh, screwed on straight. And it, it looks like they do every time they have an opportunity to kind of drop one. They're there to, to get it done. So, I mean, we'll see if we can do it again. I would pipe that game in from October 30th into the dressing room so they can't miss it. They were up 3-1 in that game. Yes, we all remember that. And then they lost uh, in overtime. And it is a back-to-back -back as well for the Anaheim Ducks. I know we love the uh, fatigue conversation. They're going to be in Ottawa. Then they're coming to Toronto. But it is a back-to-back. -back, so you'll... you'll 
You'll have the fresher legs. You'll probably see Anthony Stolarz, but it should be very, very intriguing. By the way, Flynn McCoy writes in, I love the new OT strategy for the Leafs. The offense is so good in the Leafs. They should basically never lose an OT. Outside of maybe the Oilers, I don't know if there's a team with a better offense for three-on-three. But that's a good point to bring up because they don't seem to be very, very successful. We've gone over the numbers at nauseum here on the show the last little while is their deficiencies three-on-three. It doesn't make much sense, does it? Yeah, I think that, I mean... I, there's a bit of bad luck involved too. You get those guys yeah. out there. They've had, they've had possession. They've had their chances. And I mean, you know, give them a couple of more, you know, do, double that up and go into like the teens uh, as far as cracks at it. And, you know, you're going to score that first opportunity every once in a while. But I mean, it seems like they have a chance to score and that's just the nature of three on three. Then if, if you don't, I mean, you're going to be caught down by that goal line since you're about to, you know, have a chance, a scoring chance. And as soon as that pops out, everyone's jets go on and they're going the other way. And if you're caught behind, it's an odd man rush. And they've just got caught with their pants down a few too many times. And I don't know, I kind of think you got to be a little bit unlucky not to score on that original possession, which they haven't really done. And I don't know what, six times they've already lost in overtime or five at least. So, I mean, it is what it is. It's not like those guys are never going to be out there in overtime again. You just had to mix it up, man. You got to do that when things aren't going well. and, And that was a good time to do it. Hey, I wish we saw more of it. And they did their job. Yeah, no, they, they they drew a penalty and they did their job, right? They they scored the power play goals after, and you have to credit those three guys for being on the ice, drawing the penalty, and then the big boys clean it up and the Leafs win again. So we get set for tomorrow night. Excellent job, Rosie. We'll talk tomorrow, okay? Sounds good. We'll see you then. All right, there you have it. That's Shea Rosehill. I'm Nick Alberga. Once again, the Leafs getting set to host the Anaheim Ducks on Tuesday, and that's when we'll talk next. Take care. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 